0: Welcome to King of Kings Online. I've been here the last two messages. Maybe you recognize my voice. It's Nathan. We've been spending a lot of time together. I actually went and bought a friendship bracelet just for you. It's on the way. It's in the mail. It'll be there shortly. That's a lie. It's not happening. But I do feel like we've become best friends over this time. And for the next like 10-ish, 12-ish, 75-ish minutes that we're going to be together right now, I want to give a title for this time. I want to call this the rights. You got passengers. Turn to someone next to you. Even if you're at the gym and someone's squatting right next to you, get in their face. I want you to tell them something, all right? If you're by yourself, just say it out loud between you, God, me. Put it in the chat. I want you to tell someone next to you, I want to be on the right side. I want to be on the right side. You're like, what is this, an episode of Dora? No, like this, this, this is church, baby. We want to be on the right side. Maybe you've seen the greatest football movie of all time. Remember the left side, strong side, left side. You want to be on the right side, all right? Let me tell you what I mean. We're skipping forward to Matthew chapter 25. And in chapter 23 and in 24, because we were in 22 last time, 23 and 24 are all about end times stuff, the end of the world. There's some signs. Jesus talks about some stuff that's going to happen before that comes. So I was like, let's just jump to the end. Let's jump to judgment day and just look at what is going to happen for sure. And so we, it says, when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with him. The Son of Man was Jesus' favorite title for himself. So he says, when Jesus, this is Jesus talking, when Jesus comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the people, uh, as a shepherd separates you want to be on the right side. Verse 34, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the end, since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Jesus is like, look, all the people on the right, my since the creation of the world, I've been waiting for this moment. I've been waiting to give you all this goodness, and now it's yours. Take it. And here's why. You clothed me when I needed clothes. You fed me when I was hungry. You gave me drink when I was thirsty. You visited me when I was in prison. And the sheep are looking around, and they ask him a question. They're like, uh, Jesus, in verse 37, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So anytime that you saw someone who was in need, someone who was hungry and you gave them food, you were doing it for me. Like by proxy, that was an action for me. When you gave drink to people who were thirsty and needed it. You were doing it for me when you visited the prisoners. That was for me, man. Way to go. Thanks for that. And they're like, all right, you're on the right side. You get the inheritance. You're on the right. The goat's on the left. This is what Jesus says in verse 31. Then he'll say to those on his left Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, notice for a moment, if I, if I may, can I just like utterly obliterate a cultural idea that we have of hell and Satan? Satan is not the ruler of hell. Satan is not in charge of operations down there. Hell was of hell. He is suffering in hell and he will suffer for all eternity. And right now, he's just trying to drag as many people down as he can. So don't buy the lie that he's sitting on some kind of throne. That fool is going to be in chains just like everybody else. And Jesus is like I don't have anywhere else to put the goats. I got to do something with the goats, so they're just going to go into this lake of fire. And look, on a uh on a purely metaphorical level, I'm totally cool with God doing some stuff to the goats. All right? I'm okay with their punishment. Let me tell you about my one interaction with goats. <laughs> when when I was about Twelve or eleven years old, I'm staying at my cousin's house, and they kind of lived on a farm. They had like some cows and a few goats. My uncle Delton woke us up, and he's like, "Josh, Nathan, boys, today you're gonna help me give some medicine to the goats." And I was like, "All right, I'm a suburban boy. I grew up on the mean streets of Ovilla, Texas, where there's no crime, and I like I don't know anything about livestock." I knew that we gave our dogs some pills sometimes, and so we had to just shove it in some peanut butter and try to trick them into eating the pills, so I'm like, all right, we're gonna go put some peanut butter in some goats, like, feeding. That's what I'm expecting. If you know anything about a farm, you know exactly where this is going. Well, We get out to the pen, we, like, corral the goats, we, like, get them into the little barn area, and Uncle Delton pulls out this, like, shot with this big old long needle. He's like, all right, boys, I need you to go wrestle some goats. you have to get in there and wrestle the goat so that he can put the shot like in their mouth. So you have to like grab a goat by the horns, get on top of it, squeeze your legs around its neck so it can't move from side to side and you just until the shot goes in and it's good to go. Now, Uh, Josh goes up. He does it. Gets the goat. It's fine. I'm like, well, that's a little scary, but uh, here we go. So, little city boy gets down there, <laughs> and I see the goat. We make eye contact. I know he's my guy. I go to him. I grab his horns. I throw my leg. So, I, like, barely am, like, kissing the side of his neck with my legs, and this goat proceeds to yank his my entire body with him, and I landed on my back and got winded right there, and I just had to walk it off, like... <gasps> Okay, okay, okay! (laughs) Like it was it was bad. I got bested by this goat, hands down. And so I had to like walk it off, just sit in my shame, sit in my embarrassment, re-get myself together, and then I got in that pen, and I grabbed that goat, and I squeezed really tight, and I got in there, Uncle Delton got the shot in, and that goat, knifed to me. And so, if Jesus wants to cast some goats aside, I'm cool with that, because my back still hurts. Maybe that's the reason why I have such bad back pain. I just realized that it's all, I blame it on the goat, alright? That's the reason why. But... On a non-metaphorical level, like this is a, this is a huge deal. Like Jesus is looking at this entire group of people, all of them on his left, the goats. And he's like, yo, for the rest of eternity, suffering, damnation, hell in chains with the devil and his angels also. And they're looking around and they're like, why? And Jesus answers. He says to them, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they will also answer, Lord, when when did we not see you hungry? When When did we not do this? When did we not feed you or a stranger or in prison? When did this not happen? And Jesus replies, truly I tell you, whatever you didn't do for the least of these, you didn't do for me. And then they will go away to eternal punishment. But the righteous on the right side will go to eternal life. And so the question is, how do you get to the right side? I don't think anybody listening to this, I don't think that you honestly want to be on the left. I would assume and hope that you want to be on the right, in eternal paradise, an eternal righteousness and this inheritance. Like we, we want to be on, but how do you get there? I think the thing that we can't do though, you you can't just start to make the list. Like I I know that I do this. this. This scripture has like haunted me throughout my life at different times. There are nights where I wake up and I think about this and I'm like, I honestly don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna be on the right or if I'm gonna be on the left. If I'm being honest with you, like there are real moments where I don't know. And what I immediately will do is I will create a list. And the list based on what Jesus said, I'll start to think, well, have I ever fed someone when they were hungry? Have I, have I ever gone and visited a prison? Yeah, I did that in college. We went and told them about Jesus, so I, I'm good there. They need clothes. Like, I need to go close some people. Where are the strangers who need shelter? Like, I'll come to my house. Like, I need you in my house so that I can get on the right side. But we can't do that because look at the response of the people. The people on the right side, when Jesus separates them and puts them over there, they have no idea why they're there. They ask him, they say, Jesus, when did we see you hungry? When did we do this? So that, so that they ended up as a sheep. They weren't giving people drink and food and clothing and shelter and visiting prisoners so that they got to the right side. So that means that you and I, we, we can't do that. That's not what Jesus is trying to get us to do. We can't just make the list and try to stack up our good deeds and try to meet all these requirements so that we end up over there. Because the goats say the same thing. Both responses are the the right. So it's really has nothing to do with your actions or your deeds. So the question still stands, how do we get to the right side? And the answer is, it's really a question, who is your shepherd? Who is your shepherd? Look at who is ruling over this sorting process. In verse 31, it says the son of man, Jesus will come in his glory. He will sit on his glorious throne so they'll be gathered before him and he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. There's a shepherd king who will rule on judgment day. And this king is the one making the decisions. He is the one who is separating sheep on his right and goats on his left. So who is your shepherd? Who is your shepherd? Who are who who is leading you through life? Who who are you your energy and your hope into? What is the thing that is leading you and ruling over you? Like, is sex your shepherd? Is, Is status your shepherd? Is that the thing that is like guiding you like throughout life? Is that the thing that's motivating and driving you? Is money your shepherd? Is accomplishment and achievement, is that your shepherd? Because sex is not the shepherd that's ruling over this decision. Money is not the shepherd. Power is not the shepherd. Status is not of them or the shepherd on the throne. The shepherd who will rule over this decision is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the shepherd king, Jesus. And I got some good news for you. In John chapter 10, listen to how Jesus describes himself. He says, and I quote, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my sheep, they know me. Just as the father, I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. Remember, he's talking in like 33-ish AD. So he's talking to the people right there. He's like, I've got sheep right here, but I've also got sheep who aren't here. I've got sheep in 2021 that I'm gonna bring into this pen. I've got people listening to King of Kings online right now that I want to bring into my sheep pen because I'm the good shepherd and I hear my voice and they will be one flock with one shepherd The reason my Father loves me is because I lay down my life only to take it back up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I go to the cross of my own will, of my own volition. And I have the authority to lay my life down and the authority to pick it back up again. And this command I received from my Father. This is my mission. Jesus comes to me. Anyone who wants me to be the shepherd of their life. Anyone who wants me to be the hope for the future. Anyone who wants to be on the right side of the future. Anybody who wants to receive the inheritance. Anyone who wants to be in eternity with the God who made them. You come to me. Because I know my sheep. And I take care of my sheep. And it's an open invitation to anyone right here, right now. If he is your good shepherd, then you, and if you wake up in the middle of the night and you think about this, or you're struggling or you're wrestling and you don't know if your life is going to measure up, you remind yourself of who your good shepherd is because he's going to take care of you and he's going to make sure that you get inside that pen, even if it cost him his life. So Father, I pray for The person who's listening right now, that they would be able to take an honest look at their heart and ask the question, who who is my shepherd that is leading my life? What is the thing that I am trusting in? What is the thing that is ultimate to me right now? Because we need to spot that thing and we need to know what it is so that we can surrender it to you and give it to you and confess it and ask for your forgiveness and put it before you and call it out because that shepherd is not the shepherd that will rule over this decision in history. You are the shepherd. You are the good shepherd. You are the one who will rule over this decision and chooses you are such a good shepherd that you don't make that decision based on people's merit, based on what they've done, based on who they are, where they live, what they have been through, who's a part of their family, it is an open invitation to anyone who wants to trust in you, who wants to put their faith in you, who wants to come to your cross and lay down their life and say, Jesus, I need you. I want you. I have to have you because you rose from the grave and you conquered the devil once and for all. And we know that this is going to come true. And if we trust in you, our good shepherd, we have nothing to fear at all. So, Father, bring in the sheep. Let us trust in you. Let us come to you. Let us live our life knowing that you are protecting and watching over us and that you care for your sheep more than anything else. All this we pray in your name. Amen.